the Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6532 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable, modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. HSA's cardiology clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us. At the Health Services Authority, we want to keep you informed about the latest developments that impact your health because your health matters to us. Join us each Friday and Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. as we cover health news, offer advice, and answer your questions on Healthcare Today with HSA. Once again, welcome back to another exciting episode of Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor. And uh, today is, um, I think, one of the subjects that has reached probably most people on this island in some capacity. We're talking about uh, World Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and one of the things I will say just before we jump on into it is this information is so critical to the island. And uh, as we uh, relate to family members, uh, a lot of people here have been impacted and directly by breast cancer and also indirectly by breast cancer. I'd like to welcome back Miss Amanda. A good afternoon to you. Thank you. And also uh, Miss Janet, how are you doing? I'm good, thank excellent, you. Excellent, excellent. So get the conversation started right off the back. I know um, we would like to uh, update the public on breast cancer statistics. We'll get to that, but more importantly, the breast cancer registry. Tell me a little bit about that again. Okay. It's actually just the cancer registry. Uh, okay. And we capture cases of cancer diagnosed in the Cayman Islands. But it is important to note that it's a voluntary registry, which means we rely on cancer survivors to voluntarily come and share their information. So we're not getting every case of cancer, but we've got um, a little over 700 cases so far. So we're getting there. Okay. And it helps us learn what cancer trends look like within our community like how many people are getting cancer here, what kinds of cancer are most common, whether we're seeing um, geographic cancer clusters. So it helps us kind of lay a foundation for doing more in terms of cancer management and prevention in the Cayman Islands. Mm -hmm. And this is on a voluntary basis. So um, someone who has been diagnosed with it, it's kind of on them to take the first step to come in and see. Yes, and we try to make it as easy as possible. Um, 
many of the physicians on island will share information about the registry with their patients so that if they choose to do it, they've already got the backstory, they already know what's going on. Um, and I think the medical community and also Breast Cancer Foundation and Cancer Society do mm -hmm. a really great job of letting people know that it's here and why it's important. And we, we can register people in person. We can do it via email. We can do it at the Cancer Society. So we really try to make it as simple as possible. And I think that's um, a good, solid foundation because this information helps our not just um, the doctors and researchers, but also the health officials in coming up with some sort of policy. Absolutely, yes. And um, it's also important to note that it's confidential. So when someone volunteers their information, we're not giving their their names or their personal information to anyone. When we share data, it's it's anonymized. It's aggregate data only. Okay, so it's... Basically, what we're looking for is numbers so that we have an idea in what types and things of that nature to substantiate what's going on in our community. Exactly, yes. So, you know, you might read something that says 35% um, of reported cases were breast cancer. You know, that's the kind mm -hmm. of information you right. get. It's not Jane exactly. Doe on Cayman Brack had breast cancer. Right, so. exactly. Right. And, and, and folks, we, we have to, um, uh, we could just throw in a little sidebar. This is also to help funding, folks. So we're talking about not only getting money for mammograms, but just things also, you know, men, men, guys, gentlemen, testicular cancer, these types of things. This is prevalent in our society, and we need to have more information to kind of direct our influence and direct the money and also direct also the procedures to help our community. Absolutely. It's really difficult to address a problem if you don't fully understand the scope of it, and that's when data comes in. Right, exactly. And and guys, uh, and I'm kind of saying this partial to men, you know, um, because I just happen to be one of them. Um, you know, when we're talking data, this is to say, you know what, before the, the trend was, oh, you need to have, um, you know, once a year for men over a certain age. Now it's dropped down because they realize that younger men do have these types of problems. So this is the kind of information and things that they help in making the idea of getting you to a better place to fight the idea of cancer as a whole. So, uh, you know, I, I know we, uh, I kind of step back from our community and say, you know, we don't like to go in and give information, but this is something that is anonymous, this is across the board, and this is helpful just to the community as a whole. Absolutely. And it's something that almost every country in the world does. They have some type of a health registry, whether it's cancer or non-communicable diseases. But it's, it's a very common practice, and it's the most effective way to understand what the next step is as far as fighting this disease. Right. Education is key. Uh, speaking yes. of education, we want to um, go and talk to Ms. Janet specifically about educating our public about breast cancer. Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, I mean, the Breast Cancer Foundation, amongst um, the hands-on helping anyone either worried about breast cancer or diagnosed with breast cancer, on a day-to-day -day basis we also have a full-on awareness program so you know we hope and try to get invited to as many places as possible that's the companies and it matters not whether it's big or small um, communities churches we'll go wherever we're invited um, we have a really informative roadshow mm -hmm. um, to tell people about signs and symptoms of breast cancer what to do if you're worried um, we also have been into the schools and the colleges 
I mean, COVID has slowed that down somewhat. And mm. we did recently meet with the Honourable Minister, uh, Sabrina Turner, who was really keen to see possibly it getting onto the school curriculum because mm -hmm. we go from 15, 14, 15 above. Okay. So we obviously gear our roadshow about breast cancer awareness to that age group. We have to bear in mind the youngest girl that we helped at the foundation was 20. Right. Um, so, and, and she had, you know, by the time she was actually diagnosed, she was uh, stage four. Wow. Um, so she, so yeah. th th this is something that, um, you know, we need to educate the public as early as we can on a whole, not just about cancer, but breast cancer specifically for, yeah. for, for men and women, because, you know, this is a, a, a treatable once it's caught early enough, there are things that we can do to help extend in even some cases, remit and things of that nature. But the earlier stage we get to it, the better it is as a whole. Would we say that's correct? Absolutely. Oh, sure. the, yeah. Early detection is literally what will save your life and not being scared to come to us at the foundation so we can get you to the doctor, get those tests done, because chances are it's not going to be cancer. Mm -hmm. But there's the odd chance, obviously, that it that it might be. And the earlier it's it's caught, um, that you know you'll go through your treatments. I'm not going to pretend they're not easy, because mm -hmm. um, they're not. But you'll get through them, and you'll right. go on with your life. And, and this is one of the things, you know. I, and I, I I love my West Indian people. I love you to death. But going to a doctor is always a challenge for our community here. The idea that something may be possibly wrong is scary a and we need to have that early understanding from a young age that this first step that initial step usually is the hardest but it's the life-saving step that we need to take and i think if we can start in the schools and getting our youngins on the idea that hey you know get your checkups do, do these things regularly it can help in the long run because i mean growing up in my age maybe see a doctor once every couple of years was the norm, and more so than not. And now we realize that that was detrimental to the community and, and to lives in, in general. So, you know, we, we want to get in the schools and get this information that, you know, going and seeing a doctor talking about cancer should be almost a, a table talk at a table rather than behind closed doors. W would you say that that's a very... Yeah, understanding view. I think that's I think it's a great idea and I think that future generations going forward won't feel such a stigma about talking about it if they have that conversation when they're when they're young. I mean that's a big problem right there is people just don't want to talk about it. Exactly. And and you have to understand, you know, um breast cancer and cancers diagnosed later stages as you say um is irreversible. It's all. It's almost, you know, you're catching it late. It's just trying to extend the quality of life at that time. And, and we're speaking very frank here. And I'm not trying to scare anybody or, or you know, put, put the bad, you know, taste in your mouth, as we would say. But the understanding is that you need to do this as early mm -hmm. as possible. You know, you, mm -hmm. we need to get you in treatment. We need to actually diagnose what is going on with your body. You know, people say, you know, I felt a lump here and... Um, it was, you know, I, I passed it on. I, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at it later on. And that later on is weeks. Later on is months. Later on is six months later when you could have been in a 
treatment program to get this thing sorted out. Mm -hmm. um, co coming, coming back um, to some statistics, um, I I'll, I'll talk uh, to Ms. Amanda. I know the registry has been, you know, up and running for a while. Some updated numbers you can have for me as we talk about that. Uh, sure. We'll talk about that and then we'll take a break. So um, give me some numbers and help me understand what's going on in our community. Okay. Um, well, the, the most reported cancers for men are prostate, cancers of the blood, and colon and lung cancer. Both, both are third. For females, it's breast cancer, colon cancer and cancers of the blood. And we find from the data we look at that of the women who have chosen to participate in the registry, the ones that have breast cancer, um, about 36% of them were diagnosed between ages 40 and 49, and about 24% were diagnosed between ages 50 and 59. And breast cancer is by far the most reported cancer to the registry. I think about 35% of all of our cases are breast cancer. And it is important to keep in mind that we have more female registrants than male, so that might be part of the reason, but it is, it is striking to see just how many breast cancer diagnoses that, w that we see here. Okay. W w would you think that that may be something that um, I, I keep, you know, coming back to the cultural idea that men it's out there, but they don't want to come in and register. Do, do you find they're kind of reluctant to do that? Um, I think that's exactly right. I think, and, and every project that I've worked on like this, when you're relying on volunteers, usually you do see more female participants than male. But I think that's especially true here for just what you said for cultural reasons. I think women seem to be more open to the idea of sharing mm -hmm. their information. Right. And, and this is, uh, if you're in the sound of my voice and you're listening to the program today and you know somebody who uh, has been diagnosed or you yourself has been diagnosed, um, go ahead and register. It, it's, it's not that difficult. The process is pretty simple, pretty easy. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, the idea is that the numbers that we're talking about has nothing to do with name, has nothing mm -hmm. to do with, with who you are, what you do in life. You know, this is simply so we can have data so we can present to the public at large. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think, you know, that's kind of the key that we need to take a look at and understand because um, the, it's the purpose is understanding the trends in our community, you know, um, age-wise, you know, so we can tailor information. And also maybe we need to start looking at how to get men specifically into the program. There may be a program that we need to do specifically, a drive to do to get that information out there to say, hey, you know, this is a safe environment for you to come in and give your information. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as we said, you know, we see a lower reporting of that. It's not that they're not there. It's just that the information has not come in yet. Right, right. I think that's exactly what it is, yes. And, and so we'll, we'll definitely um, have a conversation about that. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. It's called Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Thank you for tuning in right here on Bobo 89.1 FM. 
The Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6532 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable, modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. HSA's cardiology clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us. And we're back. Once again, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to Healthcare Today with the HSA. We get together each Friday uh, right here on Bobo 89.1 FM. And we also do a rebroadcast on Saturday. So if you miss pieces of it or you want to tell somebody about it, we do the rebroadcast on Saturday, same time. Thank you so much for um, uh, stopping by here, ladies. Please, once again, introduce yourself to my listening public. Amanda Nicholson, I'm the Cancer Registrar at the Health Services Authority. And Jeanette Fitzgerald, the Chief Administrator of the Breast Cancer Foundation. So, Ms. Jeanette, we were talking a little bit earlier about um, breast cancer and um, the procedures and things like that. So, let's just say, how do I go about, um, I feel a lump in my breast and I want to go and get it looked at uh, to find out what my diagnosis is. Tell me a little bit about how you can help with that. Yeah, the one thing, the thing is, what you've just said is a self-examination to find not just a lump, but any change in the breast, any change. So discharge, different kind of color on the skin, itchy, anything that is different from the normal. So you would normally go to your to your GP, to your, your normal doctor. Mm-hmm. We do have uh, people that come to us that don't have a normal doctor or a GP, so we can organize that for them because once that doctor has seen them um, and made the recommendation, either a mammogram or if it's a, a, a young person, mm-hmm. so under 40, it might be an ultrasound. It really depends on, on what's going on. Okay. Um, they, can, they can get that referral, come back to us, and all our services are free. So we can organize the mammogram, ultrasound if necessary, and then we go from there. Okay, so e- even though I may have um, in healthcare insurance, mm. um, most times it may not cover it no. completely. Most times it doesn't, unfortunately. The wellness part of your insurance is what covers your mammograms and your pap, pap smears and things like that. And they're usually between 200, 400. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's not even going to cover one mammogram. And if you were to go to the dentist or the opticians or the doctors, mm-hmm. then your wellness part of your insurance yeah it's gone. it's gone it's disappeared yeah mm-hmm. so we uh it's very rare we have anybody coming to see us that actually has insurance that covers uh, a mammogram or ultrasound so as i say all our services are free 
and that part of our business at Grand Harbour is extremely busy. Um, yeah. and, and one of the things um, that I would ask is, um, when I come in, the doctor says, okay, I'm uh, low risk, high risk. Um, at that point, they'll decide what best approach for finding out the, I guess, the, the, the idea of whether it's an ultrasound or a mammogram. At that point in time, they'll go through the procedure. That, and that's all done on island? It is. Everything can be done on island. We have excellent facilities here, not just for the mammograms, which all the hospitals have, the ultrasounds, obviously, which some doctors have, as well as the hospitals. We have the MRI, uh, the PET scan, which mm -hmm. is vital. Um, here, there's oncologists. We really, once, once the radiation comes, which mm -hmm. is, as you know, being built at the moment, Kamana mm -hmm. uh, Bay, there'll be very little reason for anyone to go off island. We also have a world-class um, surgeons on island that can do the reconstructions, as okay. well as the initial, obviously, mastectomies uh, as well. Exactly. So, so that was my my next step. You know, um, uh, talking about um, biopsies and things of like that. And and if you don't know, that's um, talking about the removing and sampling of breast tissues and, and cells like that. All of that can be done right here. Absolutely. Yes. So it, it makes it easy and simpler to find, and also faster. Uh, we're not waiting for results for weeks and weeks and weeks of that nature. And all of that, I can come and talk and, and mm -hmm. get through get through the organization. Yeah. Plus, you're here. You're here with your family and yeah. your, or your friends. You, you know, you go off island and you are usually on your own yeah. here. And there is no reason to go away. Everything can be done right mm -hmm. here. Um, you were saying that the MRI machine. Um, uh, so t tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, we've got more than one MRI machine on Ireland, okay, so obviously okay. that's for more in-depth. They'll usually do that if uh, there's a reason that you are diagnosed um, and they want to see where the cancer's at or where it's, you know, where, if it's contained, if it's, if it's gone outside the breast, and that's the first, usually the first uh, scan that they will do. Okay, so, so it, it's quite, quite a lot that we are able to find out mm. within a period of time right here on Ireland. But it initially starts with self-diagnosis yes. and being able to make that assessment. And, and a, a lot of people, I think, fall short of that. They don't check. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, I, um, you know, their breast. You know, the, in, in even for men, you know, I, I, I can't think of me being often about it until I had the conversation, feeling like, okay, well, you know what, let let me do some sort of, at least I'm aware of what I feel like, because mm -hmm. we weren't raised to check ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we'll go to the doctor and the doctor check us, but yet we go to the doctor once every two years, once every 18 months, you know, and then I'm, I'm sorry to bring up the pandemic, but because of the pandemic, now it's two years before yeah. we, you know, we're, yeah. there's a waiting list to go see a doctor in certain cases. So we need to be very aware of our own bodies to make these kind of adjustments to say, hey, something has changed. Let me go to the front of the queue. Let me jump and try to find out some information about this as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. um, with, with, with the, the registrar, the cancer registry, um, you were telling me about the numbers. Um, how young can I be to give you information? 
any anyone who's a cancer survivor can, but if you're under the age of 18, you have to have your parents sign for you. So your your pa- parents have to be aware of it and have to see the form and put their signature on it. Okay. But otherwise, I mean, we've we've got children on the registry, unfortunately. Right, and and as I said earlier, you know, this is this is one of the topics that is very um, hard to talk about, but necessary. And part of it is that you know what we should be able to get some information and be able to talk about that. Uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Dr. Richards later on in the program. So uh, he's going to be talking about um, uh, some of, he's the oncologist, hematologist, uh, talking about how you can reduce the risk of not only breast cancer, but other cancers. Uh, we're going to be talking to him in just a little bit. We're going to take a short break and be right back. You're listening to Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor, and we're right here on Bobo 89.1 FM. The Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6532 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. HSA's cardiology clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us. Now back to Healthcare Today with HSA and our host, Chuck Taylor. You're listening to Healthcare Today with the HSA. Chuck Taylor here with you. And we're talking about World Breast Cancer Awareness Month and also just, um, just general information about the cancer registry. I have Miss Amanda here. Um, tell me, Miss Amanda, tell me a little bit about how I can uh, go ahead and get give you information concerning um, my particular situation. If, if I'm a cancer survivor, tell me how I can do that. Um, it's, it's pretty easy to register. When someone provides us with information, we just have a one-page form that we ask them to fill out, just a single page. And the questions are really basic. It's not the sort of thing where you need to go and get a copy of your medical record. It's mostly demographic, and it usually only takes a few minutes. And as mentioned earlier, it's confidential. We can do it at my office, Cancer Society. Um, if anyone is going in to see their physician, ask the doctor how to get registered. Um, also, my office is located on the second floor of the Georgetown Hospital, so anybody who wants to pop in and learn more certainly can. And I can also be reached at the phone number 244 
and I'm always very happy to to meet with people and answer questions and uh, explain the process. It's it's simple. It's easy. It takes a couple minutes. Sounds good, folks. And and the reason for this is so that we have a solid foundation of information uh, to help our uh, health officials, researchers, and medical professions in you know the terms and understanding of what is going on in the community. Uh, I I think you know this is the a great exact idea of you can find out the age, you know, um, also male sex and child variations and things of Mm -hmm. that. As you said, the most common cancer form is breast cancer. And we can talk more in detail about that, but at least getting the understanding of what is active in our community. And I think it's especially important for K-Men to have their own data rather than go off of data that's generated by um, the United States or the UK, because we've got over 135 different nationalities represented here. We are incredibly diverse genetically, which can impact what sort of cancers we see. And, and that was one of the things I was about to ask you about. You know, that in itself, us being um, here, it's able to be building our own types of policies our own types of ideas of what research needed to be pushed and asked for in the future. Because as you say, we have a lot of different nationalities here, a lot of different cultures. There may, you know, and I'm not saying this, but there may be a a reason why a certain demographic has more or Mm -hmm. has less based on not just lifestyle, but food and activity. So, So there's a lot of information that can correlate to understanding what's going on in our community. Absolutely, yes. And w- once again, um, uh, I'd like to, Miss Jeanette, uh, introduce yourself and uh, give yeah. me some just some pointers of about how we can um, get in contact with you if somebody, you know, God forbid, wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I feel different. Tell me how I, we can do that. And my advice is always go with your instinct. We've had many, many women, especially the younger uh, ladies that we've helped out that have gone by that instinct because they have been um, basically dismissed as too young. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a lot of girls in their 30s and some in their 20s all being diagnosed. Um, So we never, ever, until you've gone through all the tests and had everything that's available, you are not sure and you have to push that and that's what we're there for mm-hmm. we're not just there to help the women and men that have been diagnosed to get through their treatment and beyond um we're there to ensure that if anybody is worried that they get seen and we get to the bottom of it because until right. you do you're not sure it's a frightening it's a frightening idea to not know where you stand it is and and, and it it's you know, and I, I'm not making light of it. It's better to know than not know. Absolutely. So at least mm-hmm. knowing you you have an idea of what's ahead mm-hmm. and you can talk to people who are on that path and people who can put you on the right path. Because, you know, you walk around saying, I don't feel good. That that doesn't help anything. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's very, you know, um, it's detrimental to yourself until you have a concrete answer. So um, walk me through the process. Yeah, and you don't, one thing you've got to remember, it is scary, it is scary. But there's, you know, there's lots of other things. It could be besides breast cancer, but Mm -hmm. you do have to go down that road to find out. You can't just 
leave it to chance or hope. And we're, we're at Grand Harbour. Um, our office is there. And we usually we try to uh, to run an appointment system on, uh, you know, can call 923-1135 just for privacy, for what Amanda was saying. There was, you know, issues with privacy and we try to keep that mm-hmm. uh, for the people that come through our doors so that they, they can come in confidence to talk to us if they're worried. But we will never turn anyone away. Never. That we have to get to the bottom of them and we will. Um, because like I said, the chances are it's not going to be breast cancer. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're never going to take that chance. Exactly. Yeah. And and that that's one of the things, you know, folks um is tuning to the to the show today. You know, um the idea is your health. Your health is the utmost concern of everyone sitting and talking here. You know, the best of it. And sometimes you know, you may be um, hesitant because you don't want that information. But at the end of the day, knowledge is power, and we want you to be empowered moving on into the future. And, and once again, ladies, um, thank you so much for stopping by here. Uh, we will, um, don't be strangers. Uh, any developments, any changes, anything in your area that you want to come back and let our listening public know, um, we are more than welcome to be at your disposal. Thank you so much. Thank you. Once again, folks, you're listening to Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm Chuck Taylor. We'll be right back, right here on Bobo 89.1 FM. HSA's Cardiology Clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us. The Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6532 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. Now back to Healthcare Today with HSA and our host, Chuck Taylor. Welcome back to Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor. I have with me uh, Dr. Richards. Tell me your, your history. What's your specialty in the world of cancer research and things of that nature? My specialty is currently hematology, oncology, which is the study of blood diseases and cancers. Okay. And I currently practice here at Cayman Islands Health Authority. Okay, you touched on it. We, we've been talking about that. I know it's a broad question, but just give me a little synopsis. What is cancer and what are some of the key factors about cancer? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very good question. And, and I'm pretty certain that if you Google or you do any research, you'll find a number of different definitions of what is cancer. But cancer is really the abnormal growth of cells within the body. And if you think of it as normally you're programmed to do things a particular way, your Mm -hmm. cells are also programmed to do things a particular way, and then suddenly there's an anarchy. Those cells begin to grow out of proportion, they're no longer controlled, and they, they, they multiply so rapidly that they become deadly to the individual who harbor it. So it's really just a real gross, um, rapid growth of 
cells right. in a way which is not controlled normally by the body. We've been talking about um, cancer throughout the, the day here. Uh, of course, folks, uh, with me, uh, Dr. Richards, he's uh, giving us a, a, a synopsis and a, a view of what cancer is and, and how, how our bodies and understanding it just a little bit better. K-Man, Dr. Richard, it's small, but very, very, very known. I mean, like when I was growing up and, you know, I'm kind of old, it was the big K. You know, you, you, you heard, I'm like, what the heck is the big K? But then as we get older, we realize that they're talking about cancer. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of um, taboo in the West Indian culture to talk about that a little bit? It is. It is, it is somewhat of a taboo. Um, people are getting a little bit more easy uh, but you're right, there are many people just don't want to hear the word mm-hmm. cancer, right? right? Um, I can tell you my own personal story. My uncle, many years ago, was dying from cancer, mm-hmm. and he always said to me before, listen, doc, if I have it, I don't want to know. What? Right? Yeah. Wow. And um, he thought he did, he believed he did, but he didn't want to talk about it, and he didn't want a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, it, there is still some amount of taboo. There is still some amount of thought that if you have a cancer, it means death. Okay. And it's it's not that is not the case. Mm-hmm. It is, it is dependent on a lot of things. One, it, it it depends on the person's makeup. What are the other conditions surrounding? If it's mm-hmm. a person who is very ill otherwise. Um, you know, have many other medical condition. Right. Then they, then that person is unlikely to be able to respond as well to the various type of the more aggressive treatment. Okay. Clearly, two. It uh, it. Some people talk about nutrition factors. Yeah, it's important to have a good nutrition to fight cancer. Three. It also depends on the kind of access to the most important care, mm-hmm. medication, and a team to take care of you. Okay. Right? Uh, because we're blessed in the Cayman Islands. Certainly at HSA, we are blessed. Mm-hmm. There is hardly any medication that a patient with cancer needs. Repeat, there is mm-hmm. hardly any. I'm not going to say absolutely not. Right. While we may not all stop, everything all the time. You cannot do that. <laughs> Inventory management tells you, you can't stock everything all the time. But we ensure that every single patient can have access to the best medication. And, and I right? think that that is a, a, a kudos to HSA and their commitment to the Cayman Islands. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. The commitment right? The commitment to the Cayman Islands. In looking back, I, you know, we always hear, you know, prevention is better than cure in, in those things. If something is hereditary, if it's genetically disposed, and we, we have three or four members in our family who has been predisposed to this, wouldn't that make our chance greater? It does make our chance greater, but what is important, once that is known that there is some hereditary component, it's mm-hmm. very, very important education. Okay. Right? Education in terms of saying you're gonna, we're going to start screening early, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that you can detect early. And the earlier you detect, 
then it might makes it much easier to apply the appropriate treatment. So Dr. Richards, coming back to a breast cancer awareness month, um, tell me how we as a community can better ourselves with the help of the HSA. As I mentioned before, at HSA, we have a full, complete, full complement of services where we participate with, for example, public health, in terms of public health campaign, in advising people what are those some, what some of those things that we can do in terms of our diet and exercise that may be able to reduce the risk. Then secondly, the second aspect is about early detection. And simple things like uh, breast self-examination. That is one key way because there are many of our women who self-diagnose actually. They find the lump and they come in. But separate and apart from that, we at HSA, we offer a full complement of different technology for early detection. We offer mammograms. We offer breast ultrasound. We also offer MRI. These are immediately there that can help to, uh, to identify lumps in the breast and the axilla that may be cancerous. Then we have a whole suite of different surgeons. We have, we have the interventional radiologists who will just use a little needle to see, to do a small biopsy to diagnose it. We have the pathology service. It's going to be the pathologist who's the doctor now who looks at this specimen to determine whether or not this is cancerous or not. And then, depending on what is happening, we may our clinical team, which consists of the surgeon or the oncologist, like myself, we will then examine the woman and determine if she's diagnosed with a cancer then we begin to do different things to develop the staging. We have CT scans to help that, to help to, to stage whether or not the person has disease anywhere else, whether it's in the lung, liver, bone, and so on. Right? But we also, you know, we will refer patients to do more high technical tests. For example, we want to uh, PET scan to determine if there's other distant spread of cancer. But separate and apart from the technology to do that, we offer the array of clinical services. I mentioned two important uh, aspects of it. One is surgeon. Breast cancer is always a surgical pathology, right? And, we, and depending on the stage, then different types of surgery may be offered. Of course, uh, depending again on the stage, depending on what are some of these different features of the cancer, then the, the persons will often come over to our hematology oncology service where we be able to offer a wide array of treatment options. And these include from hormonal therapy, which we call endocrine therapy. We offer different targeted therapies which include immune therapy we offer various chemotherapy options right and there are conditions there are different types of breast cancer that may require going overseas that include if they have to have radiation therapy 
because it all depends on what surgical procedure is done as well as it depends on the stage of the disease. Just a simple example. If someone has a very, very large breast mass, right? The cancer is big on the breast and oftentimes have lumps under the axilla, then those patients more often than not would benefit from radiation. If a woman does, if a woman has a small cancer and she does what we call lumpectomy, meaning they just remove a small lump alone and there's no residual disease anywhere else, then she would benefit from radiation. That's just putting it very simplistically, right? So apart from that, we have gone through the gamut of what are the various treatment options, chemotherapy, endocrine therapy, immune therapy, targeted therapy, and we establish a relationship with our patients. We treat our patients as family. We, we our patients have an open line to call on us at any point in time and to come and see us at any point in time. We have a talented staff of nurses who know each patient individually, who will counsel each patient individually. We are linked with our nutritional service who provide a consultation on nutrition because we believe that during that process, when someone has, has a cancer, it is important to have appropriate nutrition, right? We also have a linkage with our psychology department to help our women and family to cope because going through a period where you're diagnosed with a cancer and you may need to have aggressive treatment because not all treatment is mild, some of them is aggressive. And so in order for the patient to cope, and their caregivers to cope. We have a linkage with our psychology department. After treatment, we do not give up on our patients. We continue to follow up our patients for many, many, many years. And even though our patients have other conditions, so you may have diabetes as well as hypertension, we treat everything under this one unit we manage all our patients' conditions. And I mentioned diabetes. Our patients have a quick link, a direct link to our diabetologist, who is our diabetic pharmacist, who will help our patients to really manage their diabetes better. One other important thing as I close, this weekend, over the next few days, we'll be having the annual healthcare conference. And in this, we'll be expounding on breast cancer and many other cancers. But we'll be looking at some of these very things that we're talking about. What are these new things, these new developments that we are offering, or these new developments that are available otherwise, whether in terms of diagnosis, treatment, follow-up of our patients, including things like offering genomic sequencing to determine sometimes whether someone has a particular gene that predisposes them to, a can to breast or other cancers and then one be able to make an informed decision on what needs to be done. Or in, on the other hand, the patient has an established cancer and we may want to know what are some of these genetic drivers that drive the cancer so that we can 
target them with what we call targeted treatments. So this is what we have. We are building, we are getting better and better every single day. And I will always say, our patients, our patients are our number one concern every time. And we care for them. Right. Okay. There are those, um, and you'd have seen some, um, you know, like some famous people mm -hmm. who would have gone and had things like prophylactic mastectomy, means mm -hmm. they're taking off their breasts before they ever think of getting breast cancer. Okay. Right. And, um, you know, it. I don't believe if I'm, that this is really standard of care yet. Okay. Right. But these are persons who would have inherited a particular gene that brings a very, very high risk okay. for that. And they probably had mother, sister, aunt, everybody with some of these cancers. Bringing that up, Doc. So screening, how early, how, you know, I mean, it, it varies, of course. It, it varies on the type of cancer and mm -hmm. it also varies on what your family history and so on is before okay. you begin to do all these screening. Um, it, it, it wouldn't make sense for you to send a young 20-year-old girl to go and do a mammogram. Right. Not that you don't have breast cancer below 20 years old. I've had patients 16, 17 years old who have had very aggressive cancer. Okay. And, you know, unfortunately, they succumb to that. But it's, it's very rare, mm -hmm. right? But depending, again, on what has been happening to that person, then not, not later, probably by even 30, you may need to begin to do certain things. Mm -hmm. It's like also doing colonoscopy, right? Um, you know, there are different school of thought. There are those who start at 40, 45, 50 years old, depending on which jurisdiction you're in. Okay. But the importance of knowing when to start is, does this person have a strong family history okay. of breast cancer or like colon cancer? Or, you know, such the Th like. Th things of that nature. Things of that nature. Is this person a smoker? Mm -hmm. You know, these are different things that you need to look at. Okay. And, and folks, uh, we, we, we're talking about cancer and just the way how the, the global industry is looking at it. And also how K-Man as an HSA is taking a very keen look at it. Because this is, improves the quality of your life. It, the, the sooner that you know about something, the sooner that you're, you're aware of it, the sooner you can actually start treatment. You can start looking at different ways to go about it mm -hmm. to improve your quality of life. So, and, and again, one of the things that in management of cancer, it is about the continuity of care. We spoke about the screening. Mm -hmm. HSA provides from start to finish, meaning, so first of all, there's on and off public education as to what are the different things to do, Okay. right? Uh, what are the different lifestyle changes that people may do to, become, to remain healthy? Because, you know, we have cancer, but a cancer patient may have hypertension, diabetes, and there so on. There may be other so factors. So we look at patients as people, as 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 overall people that they're not just cancer mm -hmm. or they're not diabetes this is a person who happens to have cancer who is who happens to be, be diabetic so we take care of the whole person so as far as possible when you know whatever are the screening methods that mm -hmm. needs to be done we go ahead and we do that then from screening then from screening at times we may pick up things, maybe we may not, but sometimes even the patient comes in and say, look, I'm having symptom A or B. The, mm -hmm. A woman may say, listen, I was having a shower and I feel a little lump here. Right. Or 
somebody will say, hey, I go to the toilet and I see some blood. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, my bowel habits are not exactly the same. I have constipation this week. I have diarrhea next week. I feel bloated. I feel a bit of cramp now and then. And so we go with an intention of deeply investigating whether this person have one cancer or the other. Mm-hmm. So, so the second, first is screening when this person has no symptoms at all. It's really, really um, to detect something very, 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 very early. Then we go to see, okay, somebody presents with a symptom. And the HSA provides in any avenue, whether it's been radiology, where we have to do various scans, okay. right? Whether it's going to the surgeons where you have to do biopsies or the radiologist does biopsies for diagnosis. Um, whether depending on it, you come across to the oncologist, like myself, depending on what is happening to the blood. And then I may look at your blood and I may do a biopsy on you, mm-hmm. right? And so the next aspect is diagnosis. Once we have diagnosed, we have the capacity at HSA to manage most cancers. Mm-hmm. I say most because there are a few which we prefer not to manage because the capacity on island, you know, mm. is, a, for example, somebody who presents with what we call acute leukemia, which is a cancer of the blood, mm-hmm. right? It's a very, very aggressive, rapidly progressing disease. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that you need, the kind of support that you need, and including perhaps even bone marrow transplant afterwards. So it is best if some of the patients like these are managed overseas. And mm-hmm. nobody here in Ireland managed, managed them. Okay. Right? So I said they are of one or two. And so in general, we provide whatever treatment is necessary. And it is according to the very best guideline. After that, we hope that we will cure some patients mm-hmm. or at least send them into remission. Unfortunately, this is cancer. Most times there's no clear-cut cure. People go into remission, people relapse. Mm-hmm. That is an unfortunate thing. But we also provide that kind of palliative care where we continue to manage people although they have a cancer on board mm-hmm. because the aim is to make people as comfortable as possible and to make them as pain-free as possible and to stop that cancer from moving forward at least at any rapid pace. Okay. There are, of course, certain treatments that are not available on island. I hear that other people are planning and setting that. For example, radiation therapy. We have one or two patients per year who need that, mm-hmm. right? And, of course, you know, we will send them to a center outside of the Cayman Islands where they may go and have it. But mm-hmm. apart from that, the continuity of care that we provide in the Cayman, in, at the Cayman Islands Health Service Authority is top class. It's in every single area. And I remember I said to you earlier on the whole aspect that we don't look at any patient as a cancer patient. Mm-hmm. We look at each person, John Brown or Mary Jane, as an individual. Okay. An individual who needs nutrition, who needs psychological therapy, who needs to see the kidney specialist, mm-hmm. right? Who needs to see the internal medicine, who needs to see the surgeon. And we provide that kind of continuity of care that is really second to none here. And I think that that's the thing that I I love about Cayman and the HSA is that I've been to places where they're, you're number five, four, three, two, one. Okay, Mr. You know, I'm like, you know, you, it's a very cold feeling. You, you, you're, you're, you don't feel very human there. And that is the thing that we preach at, at HSA. When patients come there, they must not feel like just a, ordinary patient mm-hmm. every one of our patients they feel like they're family they okay. come in and they feel they belong 
they feel they are cared for. And, and, and that's the thing I think, you know, that, that we, we understand the risk of cancer. We, we understand that cancer realistically can catch you at any age. Definitely. And, and so with that, how do we make sure that life continues? Correct. And one other thing that um, we have been doing, it is also ensuring that our patients, not only our patients, but their caregivers, Mm-hmm. We try to offer, and I use the word try to offer as much psychotherapy as possible. Because when cancer affects one person in the family, that person may be the key breadwinner. You know? Mm-hmm. And so that person's life is impacted, but also the people around him or her. Okay. And so we, we look at everybody as part of the care. Not only the individual directly getting the treatment, but the support around them. We try to give them as much as possible. And I think that is a great thing because um, it's even though the even though cancer is affecting, as you said, one person, it's the whole family unit that that has to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So some people may deal with it better than others, right. and they may be at work, and somebody who can't deal with it may be at home. So so you you need to, you need to have everyone kind of on an equal playing field so we're all we all know what to look for we all know how to do this you know the information has to be a whole mm-hmm. and I, I think that's one of the things that you know HSA ha- has done and is doing quite nicely and we we'll continue to and, do and, and continue and we'll and, continue to do and continue and and hence the reason why we're talking about it today mm-hmm. because I I have I think this is the first time I've actually talked on air about cancer in this depth you know and i think it's a good conversation it's a conversation that needs to be held and it's a conversation that needs to continue not just for one month or one week or but you know we, we, we're glad we highlight it for the time frame but it needs to be a continuing information giving and and thank you for that and so uh dr richards in closing any any parting words that you want to say cancer is no small thing surviving cancer is no small thing we want to recognize those people who have survived it and all those people who have not survived it because it's no small thing. We want to assure everyone that, hey, look, we care. And HSA is doing everything to make sure that from start to finish, from prevention straight through to remission, we're there, we're there to help. And we're there all the time. Thank you so much. It's all about you, Cayman. It's all the information that you need to continue on the great path that the HSA is providing for us. Thank you so much. Keep it right here. This is Bobo 89.1 FM.